I'm Selena Sage, and Live Free is for our collective liberation. Namaste and welcome to Satsang Saturday. This is the day when I get very excited about answering your spiritually based questions. And you're welcome to send me any questions that you have at any time via my email or social media. I'll include that information in the episode notes. And I really love to get your questions because it, one, shows me your curiosity and it's a great show of support. And even if you've sent a question before, please do feel free to send another one. I'm very happy to feature questions on this session. And today, I'm very excited to discuss a question from my friend here in my town of Ponte du Sol from Santuantao, Cabo Verde, where I am located. My friend Lilita perhaps made the mistake of telling me that she had been catching up on all of my podcast episodes, even falling asleep to my calming voice some nights, which is really lovely. And she asked me a couple of questions that were really great, and I invited her to submit a broader question for this Saturday's session, and she kindly agreed, which is a lovely gift in addition to her friendship. So what I'll do is read her question and then provide my insights and, um, and the way that I, you know, kind of broke down the question in my mind. But uh, as always, I, I love to get your feedback. So if you have other thoughts, you're welcome to send that to me as well. So thank you, Lolita. Here's your question, my dear. I think that at some point in life, everyone wants to be free and wants to take steps to do so. As every new step in life takes effort and getting out of one's comfort zone, this can frighten a person not knowing what to expect of the outcome. So how do you overcome fear and have you encountered such in your process of getting free? Beautiful question, I love it. So she starts by saying, I think that at some point in life, everyone wants to be free and wants to take steps to do so, which is beautiful. I think this is really, really true. And freedom means different things to different people. And actually, it can mean different things to you in different phases of your own life. So when I was jotting a couple of notes um, for this question, I thought about this you know, exploration of freedom in five different categories. And so what I'd like to do is address those examples. So the five categories I came up with were career, relationship, general situations, in society, and from a spiritual perspective. So I'd like to break down what freedom looks like to me and, and my own experiences of overcoming fear and taking effort to move out of a comfort zone. Because Lolita is right, it can frighten a person because I think of fear as uncertainty. When we're uncertain of the outcome, that manifests as a fearful reaction. And so overcoming that fear is what I think we think of as courage and bravery. But for me, it, it really, the key is to take action. So I would like to explore these different examples of 
how I've taken action and hopefully that will relate, those examples will relate to you and give some inspiration for those different areas. And, and really just to discuss how we, you know, how we move forward and how we get out of that comfort zone and grow. So the first category I mentioned was career. And I think that, you know, to her statement, everyone wants to be free. I think that there's something about career, our, you know, our occupation, our job, that does not always represent freedom. Because we, we see it as a means to an end sometimes. And, and of course, you know, living in, in society requires that you have the resources to be able to support yourself. And so, so freedom often for people means leaving their job or quitting. And for me, I, I had a, a different transition, which was moving from corporate to writing, a corporate to creative aspect, which is something I think a lot of people consider. So I'd like to use that as an example, as um, a, a mechanism to illustrate that process of freedom for me and how I overcame fears of doing that and what my process was. So when I, I had my corporate career, um, I was very fortunate to have, you know, a, what I would consider a successful career that was lucrative and, and had uh, gainful employment for a number of years and was able to fortunately invest and save to provide myself with options. So I think that, you know, the first fear a lot of times people have about leaving their job is how will I support myself? <laughs> because if I, leave this, if I leave this career, this job, I won't have any income. So I address this in my, my third book, Get Free, in the section about, um, about finances, get your finances in order. And I really want to reiterate this because when you have uncertainty about for example, you know, financial uncertainty, I feel that that's best alleviated by having cushion, by having savings, by having other means of, uh, of, of income, passive income, if you can create different streams to do so, where you're not dependent on that career job that you're looking to leave. So I think that that's one part of it is to have the you know, to have the basis and the cushion <laughs> to give yourself a little time as you restart something new. And another way of doing that is to actually start your creative projects, let's say, if that's what you're interested in doing, while you're still gainfully employed in your career. So for me, this looked like in my, my last year of corporate, I was inspired to write my first book, Meditative Questions. And I wrote the book, started my publishing company, printed and published the book while I was still working. So I just describe this as a passion project. It's something that you feel really inspired to do and you feel like you don't have time for it, but to really overcome and create a change in your, your circumstance, you have to make time. And I really advocate doing just a little bit each day. One thing a day will advance you forward in your dream. A lot of times we wait until we feel we have time, but really we never do. So I advocate working on these passion projects and actively making time to do a little bit 
every day so you're moving in the direction of your dreams. So that's a big thing. You know, so having the financial cushion, starting those passion projects in your area of interest where you really would like to be while you're still working helps to alleviate that uncertainty because you prove to yourself that you can do it and that it's possibly a means for you to make additional income. So, you know, there's this this saying I really like about fear that you can you can look at fear in different ways and if you break the the word apart and use the first letter of uh, of each part you fear can also mean face everything and rise which i really like so think about fear as facing everything and rising so you take these circumstances and situations and you rise up and and make yourself free because you are not constrained to whatever you see is your career, your job. That's that's simply in your mind. Once you expand your mind and recognize other possibilities, you can create that reality. You just have to take action. That is the key to overcoming fear. And that's actually what has worked for me very well is taking that action and not putting things off indefinitely because you look up and your whole life has passed. And I think freedom is all about enjoying the present and really living a life that you dream of. So that's how I would, how I think of my, um, my transition from a career perspective and leaving corporate. Those, I think, were the two keys for me to overcome that fear. The second category I wanted to address is in relationships. So Lilita's question says, every new step in life takes effort. And getting out of one's comfort zones can frighten a person, not knowing what to expect of the outcome. So I think of, um, for example, relationships that, well, I think if there's, you know, there's a couple of categories. There's a toxic category, which to me is, is really where you feel you need that freedom. And then there's a different category of relationships, which just involves a, being in different levels and so I think for the, for the first example, when you're in a toxic relationship, amazingly, sometimes that can feel comfortable. And I think that there's a lot of misunderstanding about people who stay in abusive relationships. And I only had a window into this when I volunteered at domestic violence shelters. But I think you, you know, to survive, you tell yourself that it's okay or that it's going to be better. And the reality is when you take a a really hard look and imagine what you would say to your sister or your best friend who's in a toxic or abusive situation, you you would want them to get out. And if you mirror your situation on someone you love very deeply, I think it can help you give perspective that sometimes you don't see for yourself because we are very resilient and we can live through anything but that doesn't mean that that's freedom you know that's just surviving it's not thriving and i think there's a big difference so when you're in those toxic situations my recommendation is to recognize what you deserve through projecting on someone else and imagine someone else living that circumstance and they're telling you about it, what would you tell them? What would you tell your best friend or your sister or someone that you really, really love? How would you counsel them? That helps you to see that there's a disconnect and there's something that you're living with that is not comfortable. 
And that can be very scary when you're changing those outcomes. And I definitely recommend seeking professional support. And um, even in my book, I include the um, the hotline information for domestic violence situations because I think having coaching from someone who's really trained is the right way because that can be a dangerous situation. So I'll definitely include that in the episode notes for anyone who needs it. And there are 1-800 numbers that you can call as well. I think that's that's number one for toxic situations. But for situations that maybe aren't like that level of toxicity, but you have some some disconnect, some uh, discomfort or some confusion. I think that's a word that when I'm feeling confused, it's telling me that there's something there that I'm ignoring. When you have that in a relationship, and it could even be a friendship, it's not always just a romantic situation. It could be a colleague, um, a friend, a family member. When something is, is not to that level of toxicity where you just need to get away from it and keep yourself away from that toxicity, but it's just not comfortable. I think that this is where you have to recognize that there are different levels of consciousness. And as we progress and as we grow, we have to recognize that we may have once believed what that person believed because we we were in a different place. And even if we didn't, we can find compassion knowing areas in our own lives where we've progressed past where we were with our different understandings. And so in those situations, I think that you you create a, you create a zone where these people aren't so toxic that they just need to be out of your life, but you create a, a boundary for yourself so that you have peace, but you're not creating a you know, a situation where you're allowing yourself to be kind of dragged into different dramas or situations, you address them from a, a, an understanding of different levels of consciousness. You have compassion, but you create a boundary so that you're not being dragged constantly into those situations that aren't necessarily toxic, but they're just draining, you know? And I think when, when someone is draining you, that's showing that there's a different level of consciousness there. And you, you have compassion for it. You can love the person, of course, but you just have to create a boundary so that you're not being drained in, in that relationship. And, and you, you monitor how you're spending time, how much time you're spending, so that you're maintaining your own health and wellness, which I think is really, really important. So we often, when we're leaving a situation or changing a situation, we're not sure how that's going to work out. There's some fear that if you try to change something that the relationship is going to be negative in the future. But if you create some healthy boundaries, and to me that's a form of action by creating those healthy boundaries and communicating or or disconnecting if you need to, then you're able to move forward despite that fear and that uncertainty that you have. And you create a life for yourself where you're just surrounded by people that lift you up. I think that's really important. I mean, you can definitely help those who are in need, but having a strong support system of people who really uplift you is healthy. And to me, that's freedom. That's a wonderful freedom. So the third category um, that I thought about after career and relationships was different situations. And this is not restricted to major moves or life changes, but I thought about this for myself in terms of leaving America and moving abroad. 
wanting to be free in the sense of defining the lifestyle that I wanted to have, you know, having a, a lifestyle where I could, you know, be free to wake up when I wanted, go on hikes, do my writing, do this podcast, you know, have the time and the space to accomplish that. And for me, the best alternative was to move to a country with, you know, wonderful people, great weather, beautiful surroundings with a much lower cost of living. That represented an opportunity for me to live that lifestyle that I couldn't uh, sort out how to do in America. And I'm going to talk about this actually in category four for society, but I also feel that America had a just an energy that was not resonating with me. And I think as, you know, in, in current times, you know, the, the time that this podcast is being filmed um, or recorded, there are a lot of um, situations happening around racism that I think are illustrating some of that turmoil that America ne- is in the process of working out, needs to work out. So I'll talk about that a little bit in society, in the society section, but for situations, this process of moving abroad, I think, carries a lot of fear. It's a, there's a lot of uncertainty around picking up your life and starting over completely somewhere else. It's a lot to wrap your mind around because you have an understanding and a comfort with the systems, language, culture of the place where you were raised. So moving to a different part of the world, to me, automatically carries with it a certain uncertainty. And the way that I I see this, you know, again, overcoming fear is taking action. So the first step for me was picking a place. And as I've described on a previous podcast, I think it was the first Travel Thursday for Cabo Verde. For me, it involved spinning the globe <laughs> and sort of finding this place in the world that I felt represented freedom to me, where I felt really free. And I knew that I felt free in the place because I visited. So the first step of action, I think, when you're looking to change your location is to visit the new place, get a feel for it. You know, it's one thing to see it on the internet or hear another person's stories, but going by your own personal feelings and experience is is invaluable. It really lets you know if this is the place that you dreamed it would be. So the first step, I think, for me when when thinking about moving abroad is, is to is to visit. And then once you visit, and I describe this also in my book, Get Free, which I think is probably very tied to this question, um, is once you're there, observe, you know, what is the cost of living? How much is your grocery store visit? You know, live the life of a local as much as you can so that you can really have an idea of what your life will be like in that new space. Because again, it's one thing to stay in a hotel and eat at restaurants, but your day-to-day life is going to be different. You're going to have to go grocery shopping or the market to the market. You're going to um, need to pay for your own electricity and water. Get a sense of what those costs are, what the availability of the features that you're used to, like, for example, running water, internet, Wi-Fi, which were all must-haves for me to feel free <laughs> so I could be connected and have a standard of living that I was comfortable with. You know, recognize what those things are because in some parts of the world, that's not necessarily available. The more remote that you get, the more cut off you potentially are to access to those things. So I think when you're, th- when you're thinking about you know, making a life change in, in your location, 
and this can again apply to any situation, test it out. Get a sense for all the variables that are going to make a difference if you make that change. And through getting more information and having a feel for what that life will be like, you're helping yourself to overcome that uncertainty and move in the direction that you're dreaming about. And you do that through confirmation of of your assumptions. So I think for situations, that's what I would recommend. As far as society, um, you know, I've been really, really affected by everything that's been happening in America. And I think the tragedy with George Floyd most recently in Minnesota has been a tipping point for for so many. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not the first situation. I think it's just uh, perhaps, you know, the one the one that we've seen in full that was just an egregious abuse of power by by the police against the people. And I I was actually inspired to address this in more detail tomorrow on the Selena Sage Sunday. I'm going to take a crack at discussing spirituality and activism and what that means to me tomorrow. But today I just want to want to discuss, you know, everyone wants to be free. If you look at American society right now, I think it's very clear that people of color, uh, but especially black persons and indigenous peoples are not able to live a free life because of underlying racism that still exists in the society. And I believe that, you know, all people want to be free. And America states, you know, that people have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But if you're oppressed because of these superficial differences, skin color, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so silly, you know, that in 2020, this is still something that people are using to feel superior to another person. It's unbelievable. And it's absolutely not spiritual. And so when you have um, a situation in a society that is that you're where you're not feeling free, I think you have two choices. You work to change or you or you decide that you've had enough and you leave. And um and so I have great respect for activists who are working t- to promote the change. In the same way I think all spiritual leaders, you know, are working to promote change in persons through helping them to become free more broadly. But in this phenomenal world, in this world that we're living in, you know, to to not speak up against these differences to me is is to side with those who are oppressing. We have to we have to help those who cannot help themselves or who are who cannot change the system on their own. So when I say can't help themselves, I think of children. When I think of persons that need need allies and support, it's it's people that don't have the same voice, you know, because in an oppressive society that access is restricted. So it's it's really incumbent upon all people to really rise up and recognize these inequalities and speak out against it because everyone wants to be free. And through helping to free others, we free ourselves. So I think that's one really important thing. Um, For my own example, I I mentioned before that the energy that I felt in America, and this was in 2015, I was not resonating with it. And so I think for me, it was really important 
to experience living in a place where I didn't have that discord. And it's been very, very healthy and beneficial for me to live in Africa where um, these kinds of oppressions that are experienced every day in America just don't exist for a person of color. And so I think that that to me um, is another healthy choice, you know, and, and there's no right or wrong answer. I think you have to do what will make you feel most free. And even when I look back in, a, in American history, some of the strongest advocates for freedom, like Malcolm X and, and Martin Luther King, even Nina Simone, who, who shared these stories of liberation in her, in her songs, they all came to Africa to visit. And I think they, they became empowered and recharged from the, the experience and love and support and absence of that you know, invisible weight of oppression that you have in countries where you're not being treated as you should. So I think it's healthy to even to even spend some time in a country like Africa to recharge, to reset. It's it's very very healthy. So even if you're not moving forever, taking time to experience a life where those those invisible feelings of oppression don't exist gives you a sense of what life can be and it invigorates you for that activism that you need to take back with you when you continue on in the fight. So I think in in society, you know, everyone wants to be free and particularly for black people and indigenous people in America, you know, these, there have been, there's a historical record of oppression and atrocity that still unfortunately lives within the country. And because it's there, it seeps into the people sometimes who don't have that level of, of spiritual, you know, awareness to see themselves and others. There's this, um, this strong ego that is making them feel some kind of superiority, which, which has to be stamped out. So through the action of, of raising awareness, raising the vibration, through the protests and, you know, and solidarity, these are the things that bring about change. So I'm so uh, proud and, and thankful for the brave men, women, and even children who are um, out with signs and protesting the atrocities that are happening because that is a form of action. And even though there's uncertainty about what's going to happen with the outcome, through taking those steps, creating platforms, creating, you know, demands for equality, then that allows for change to occur. So we don't know what the outcome is, but if we take those action steps, if we unify, then we move forward to creating a more just and equal society. So that's what I would say about society. (laughs) And again, tomorrow, I think I'll talk a bit more about that from a spiritual perspective But here today, the fifth category I came up with was actually spirituality for being free. And this is something that um, I discuss a lot on this podcast and my books, you know, this idea of, of being free and recognizing yourself as awareness. It requires the idea of leaving oneself, the identity of what we think we are you know, the idea of our person. And that's something that's very, very hard, I think, for people to wrap their minds around. It's like, how do you, 
how do you not think of yourself as a person? Because you are a person. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, you're you're both having this experience of phenomenality in this body. But when you recognize your connectedness to all that is, to the ultimate awareness, and, and know that you are both the observer and the observed, then you are moving with a different kind of energy. And when you encounter, you know, someone like Jesus or Sri Muji or Buddha, you know, the, the energy that they moved throughout the world in is different. It carries a different signature because they are free. They are free of personal identity and moving from a space of awareness. So I think that, you know, when you think about this category of spirituality, the the, the idea of leaving one's idea of, of oneself, this can carry a lot of fear because you're thinking, who will I be if I let go of my, my person, <laughs> my personal identity? And this is where, again, you know, you overcome that fear through small actions. And in past um, guided meditations, there's one for the invitation that's presented by Sri Muji, or you can even find it on YouTube, where there's a, just a simple exercise of letting go of the idea of who you are just for a moment. It's an experiment. So Sri Muji says, you know, leave your shoes and your mind at the door. What does it mean to leave your mind at the door? It means dropping your fears, your anxieties, your worries, your dreams, your hopes, your successes, your failures. Just put those down for one moment. All of the ideas of who you think you are, your story, your family, your friends, everything, just put it down for a moment. You can pick it up on your way out, but have a moment of just dropping your idea of who you think you are in, in its whole. This is a, such a powerful action that it is, it's life-changing. And when you do that, when you leave all of this, these ideas of who you think you are, you look to see what's left because you're still there. <laughs> but what's still there is what you truly are, your essence, consciousness, your your light. This is who you are. This is what you are. And so this is a freedom that allows you to get a perspective on things when you get too encumbered in all of those things that you think you are, you know, the identity of your hopes, your dreams, your fears, you know, all of those things that create a a large amount of stress when you have the example of seeing that you still exist without all of that, it gives you the freedom to, to lay all those burdens down. And when you lay those burdens down, you know that you can always do that. And so it's a recipe to always finding peace. And as you become more and more of what you truly are, that ultimate awareness, then you are living free. You are free. You are freedom itself. And so I think that's um, certainly, you know, the goal of, of this podcast and, and what I write to help everyone just even have a taste of that. Because once you have a taste, it will inspire you to expand your relationship with what you truly are and become more and more of that. And all of the attachments and things that you have, while it, it's difficult, you know, to, to let go and 
um, dissociate and let go of attachments, you recognize that you're never fully releasing any of those things because you're everything. You just don't have this, you know, this stress of worry and fear and despair that you have when you're too, when you're too attached. So I think, you know, everyone wants to be free and spiritually, this means understanding what you truly are, letting go of your idea of even yourself and being in that ultimate awareness. And then when you carry that into your state of personhood, then you have a different fragrance, a different energy that you're moving through the world with. And that alone creates change. And I think through your own example of living, you know, that is, that's your religion. Religion is how you live your life. It's not what you say you believe, it's how you live your life. And that's what people resonate with, that pure energy. So um, this was a very long answer to a very short question. <laughs> but I wanted to really address freedom from those different perspectives, from career, relationship, different situations, society, and, and spiritually, because this is the essence of what this whole podcast is about, what, what all of my books are about. It's, you know, it's sharing my own situations and processes to get free, and hopefully through sharing those things to inspire others to get free and to be free, to be free. It's not becoming free, it's being free. When you let go of everything that you're not, what's left is a beingness. And that beingness is your original state, which is peace and freedom and joy. So I'm going to read the, her question one more time just to make sure I answered every part. And, um, and yes, thank, thank you, Lolita, again for this wonderful question. So here's the question. I think that at some point in life, everyone wants to be free and wants to take steps to do so. As every new step in life takes effort and getting out of one's comfort zone, this can frighten a person not knowing what to expect of the outcome. So how do you overcome fear and have you encountered such in your process of getting free? It's great. So everyone wants to be free and wants to take steps to do so. So actually taking those steps to take, take that action that is the key to overcoming that fear, to overcoming, you know, the discomfort that you're, you think you're comfortable with. You know, we think we're comfortable, but if we're, if we're not, you know, taking those steps, facing everything and rise, rising gets us past that uncertainty and moves us to freedom. And so my last bit of encouragement would be to think of how you have persevered in the past. Think of situations and circumstances that you have overcome. Things that you thought were completely insurmountable that you can look back at and really be proud that you survived and thrived after that major change that you didn't think would, would be possible. You are a star. You can do anything. You can do everything. Have that faith and that knowledge that success is possible for you. Srimuji has this other saying that I really love, life takes care of life. You will be supported. And that's what's so hard to 
to reconcile sometimes, we think we're alone. You're not alone. You will be supported. The universe will conspire to support your plans for freedom. And so as you take those steps, as you take action, even if it's one small thing a day, move confidently in the direction of your dreams and know that you will rise. And I'm cheering for you. I believe in you. And I know that everything is possible. So I, you know, I just want to send my encouragement, my blessings, and my, yeah, just my love and light to support you in taking the action steps that you need to live a life of freedom for yourself. That is what I wish for you. So I thank you so very much for being here. Namaste.